With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. A new head coach and boy genius Mike McDaniel, the fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field, and an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of Finsider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Following helps others find the show, and we want to thank you for that. Now, let's talk some Dolphins. We are now 72 hours removed from the Miami Dolphins 42-38 win over the Baltimore Ravens, and we are still not done celebrating. Yesterday, Jake and I did our recap podcast. Please check it out if you haven't already. But that means it is now the middle of the week, and Jake and I are joined by the third member of D-Generation X, the Roman Reigns to my Seth Rollins, the reigning and defending SCW Pro Iowa champion. The one, the only Merrick Brave. Merrick, I'm going to ask you first, and then Jake, you can also answer. But guys, three days later, how are we feeling, my handsome brothers? I'm feeling fantastic. I listened to your guys' pod this morning after dropping my kids off to school, and and you guys were excited. Uh, I'm jealous that I didn't get to do the, the recap pod just because, man, I think myself, much like everybody else in Dolphin Nation, like, was just going ballistic after that game on Sunday. That comeback was incredible, tied the record for largest deficit overcame by a Miami Dolphins team. Uh, But more importantly, we got to see Tua's balls drop, man. Like he he turned into into a man right in front of us. 469 passing yards, six passing touchdowns, 72% completion percentage, 124.4. QB rating, AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Man, that was exciting. That was encouraging. That was uplifting. We needed that in Dolphins Nation. And now we just got to build on it. And no better opportunity to build on that than a game this Sunday against the juggernaut that is the Buffalo Bills. You could tell someone does is involved with wrestling. That was that was rough. Yeah, I don't know how you're going to follow that up. Like, what? <laughs> Jeez. Um, I- 
I, I'm going to completely drop the ball here and just say the Handsome Brothers should be our tag team wrestling name. Is I, I don't know, man. I got I got nothing. I was going to come in here and ask Merrick if he's sort of our Lord and Savior to a Tagovailoa, but I mean, he's already done it. He's, we're already there. <laughs> um, he just mentioned it. So basically, we're going to keep talking about just this incredible run the Dolphins are on. I mean, wow, two-game run, but I mean, it is feeling pretty special. Um, Tua won Offensive Player of the Week honors. I don't think that's a big surprise uh, to anyone. And I think the most interesting thing the days following uh, the big win is these stats I'm seeing about Tua are like those Russian nesting dolls because I just keep popping these things open and there just happens to be some more of them. Uh, he is the eighth QB to throw for 450 yards and six touchdowns post-merger. His 9.4 yards per attempt, the second highest of his career. Can either of you gentlemen tell me when his highest yards per attempt were? Without looking at the rundown sheet that I have in front of me? Wah, wah. <laughs> I, already, I already cheated. I already looked. I'll, I'll but how, how cool is that for you? Go ahead. Well, I, it was the Ravens last year in a game that he didn't even start. He got, he got uh, 18 holes in before that one, according to <laughs> the, the rumor. That's the monitors. rumor. Yep. <laughs> but I, I mean, I guess, I guess two has just got the Ravens number. Oh, and he's got the Patriots number too. So uh, we're, we're two and oh against some, some quality football teams. I think that's where a lot of this excitement comes from is the fact that he isn't doing this against, you know, bottom of the barrel feeders here, like the New York jets and, and, you know, the Houston Texans and whoever else uh, you want to put there at the, the bottom of the league. He's doing this against quality football teams. The Patriots made the playoffs last year. The Patriots mm -hmm. won 10 games last year. The Ravens were what? Eight and three, nine and three before Lamar Jackson yep. got hurt. And, yep. you know, the Dolphins put the blueprint out there on, on how to defeat uh, Lamar Jackson, which, by the way, he completely figured out. It, it didn't take him long to to move past that. And, and he torched our defense. But this is how complete football teams win. One week, we lean on the defense. They only give up seven points. We only put up 20 points, but we still win. The next week, the defense craps their pants. They give up 38 points, but the offense comes back from a 21-point deficit, puts up 42 points, and we get the win. And we start the season 2-0, which anybody would have signed up for uh, before the season started. But you get the added bonus of seeing that Tua Tungavailoa has grown into uh you know, I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but just a tremendous starting quarterback in the NFL. He leads the league in passing yards. He's tied for the lead in passing touchdowns. Uh, he's AFC Offensive Player of the Week against a good defense. Like, this is exciting stuff. These are exciting times to be a Dolphins fan. I'm 36 years old. I've been a fan for 30 years, and I have never been more excited than I am right now to be a fan of the Miami Dolphins. It almost felt like you're watching Marino out there, right? With the the Marx brothers. I mean, that's what everyone keeps talking about. But I think what's so frustrating, man, is how well they the Dolphins have looked over these first two weeks. You mentioned them beating quality opponents. Everyone seems to move the the goalposts now, right? You know, they beat New England. Okay, well, it was just the Patriots. Mac Jones isn't that good. They beat the Ravens. I mean, I, I don't know that anybody's really discrediting what they did in that game, but everyone's looking ahead to, okay, well, can they beat Buffalo? And um, you mentioned the excitement around this team. I really do feel like this is the Dolphins, you know, true test to go out there and prove to the world that they are, I guess, what some people might say. They'd be Buffalo. I mean, can you not start calling them? I mean, again, I'm going to say from, uh, nope, super, don't Don't super, preface, just super, say it. Super Bowl don't. contenders, right? I yeah. mean, if you yep, can beat no. the Buffalo Bills, the juggernaut, stop Josh Allen. I mean, you heard to it. He's a beast. He's a beast. If you can go out there on Sunday and put even forth a very good effort. I mean, I don't even – you want to win the game, but I just want to see him do more than what we've seen the last few meetings because uh, Josh, yeah, Josh Allen has had our number.
if the Dolphins beat the Buffalo Bills, they will be number one in every power ranking next week. They're already like number number five in ESPN, number six in NFL.com. They're high up there on everybody else's rankings. I've seen top five or six in every single ranking this week. If they beat the Buffalo Bills, I will put every dollar in my bank account on the fact that they will be ranked number one across the board next Monday, next Tuesday when those rankings come out. I'm so happy you guys brought this up because there's a whole whole lot of dialogue that we can have about, hey, this is a tough matchup, but this is this is a lot of fun to talk about. Like the fact that the Dolphins, like we try not to be homers all the time, but but you just said they could be number one in the power rankings, and that is 100% believable. I'm so happy you guys walked down this road. Have you guys ever experienced something like this? Have you ever seen a scenario where, you know, Let's say the Dolphins win on Sunday. I'm I'm not going to be used to this. I've never been used to seeing a team that can sustain this sort of success. So I'm just curious where you guys are at that. And we'll, we'll you know put a lid on this very soon because, again, it's very early. But I just think the idea that the path to this early in the year being called one of the top two, even the best team in the league, that that that's unfathomable to me. Yeah. No, I, I mean, like I said, I've been a fan for 30 years. Uh, obviously not uh, – I didn't go as deep – into the the stats and everything like that when I was in elementary school and we right. didn't have those capabilities without the internet. It was the 1900s after all. But <laughs> uh, but no, I can't remember a time in my life when I've been this excited about a Miami Dolphins football team. And if we beat the Buffalo Bills, you're gonna have to put a put a leash on me. I'm gonna be running down. We already do, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna rip my clothes off. I'm gonna be naked out here. They're gonna arrest me in the streets of Davenport, <laughs> Iowa, for for indecent exposure. But I'm 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 gonna let my dolphin fly. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. <laughs> I want that on a shirt. <laughs> I'm going to let my dolphin fly. I, I don't know that I have ever seen it. I, we talked about a little bit on the last one, Jake. I think it was a couple of years back. You know, the Dolphins had Tannehill and some of those other pieces. They were going into a Monday night game against the Saints where they were either 2-0 yep. or 3-0. And you just sat there all day, you know, kind of buying into the media, talking about the Dolphins, getting all excited. And they went out there and laid an egg. I mean, this is one of the most talented teams that we've seen on paper. Like Merrick said at the beginning of this podcast, it's not just the defense. It's not just the offense. It's, the you know, they're both picking one another up when they have to. So um, I'm trying not to be that pessimist Dolphins fan thinking back to, you know, that Saints game and some of those other times where we started out early. But um, without my memory being able to remember the Marino days, this is absolutely the most excited I've been for Dolphins football. And, and two, Buffalo is a tough, tough task. I mean, that team is rolling over everyone. I just think it's it's fun to sit there and kind of peek through the trees. We don't necessarily know the journey yet, but to see that final destination, to see a way to get there is uh, pretty exciting for me. Uh, guys, one more thing about Tua here as we go down our, our rundown. Are we really buying into the fact that if you watch a Tua uh, highlight in reverse, like you have it mirrored and he's throwing righty, are, are we really supposed to believe it looks better? I, I mean... You see a different angle, sure, but like to say it looks different it is a little ridiculous to me. I think we're getting a little too uh, Pepe Silvia out here with this. I don't know. I think this is in Josh's wheelhouse. I think he invented this. This was your creation, right, Josh? You were the one I, who I... first flipped the video so that we could see what Tua would look like throwing righty. And I'll, I'll admit, the first time I saw that, I was like, well, that looks more impressive. <laughs> That's it true, really please. does. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't remember if I did. I think C.K. Parrott was also one of the first people to do it. But, I mean, 
it it does look different, right? I mean, he does look like he has more zip. It does look more natural. And then you saw, uh, I can't remember his ad. He's very good follow. KD, one of the guys on Bama Twitter, he went through and dropped, you know, flipped every starting quarterback that's righty to lefty. Tom Brady looks like he has a noodle arm. You know, some of these guys are look terrible. So I, I want to say there's no truth to this, but, you know, there was even an article going around from like a neurobiologist saying, you know, why your brain <laughs> does. <laughs> yeah, so we're going way down the Pepe Silva, but um, I do think Tua looks better right-handed um as crazy as that sounds um, there are yeah. no lengths that two anon won't go to 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 prove to you that the slander against Tua tonga bailoa is unwarranted and unjustified we got to see what josh allen looks like left-handed i didn't i missed that one that might be the that might be the true test him a Holmes. yeah it's probably still a rock speaking of a unit that has gotten a lot of um uh, i guess a unit we've talked down to for years and it's deserved it but man, can we can we talk a minute about this offensive line, Merrick? We talked about it a little bit yesterday, but but listen to this. They allowed 10 pressures, one sack, and Tua is the third most blitz QB this year. Well, hold I on, mean, Jake. I see Joe Burrow. Hold on. I don't I don't mean to correct you here, but the offensive line did not allow a sack. Durham Smythe allowed the only sack given up against the Ravens. He was pulling from the right side of the line to the left, and he completely whiffed on a cut block to Justin Houston, and that is the only time Tua Tungavailoa was sacked against the Ravens. So the offensive line actually didn't allow a single sack. And we're yelling at Mike Kosicki for his blocking. What is this? <laughs> but, I mean, it, to me, it's just so impressive. I mean, you see Joe Burrow going back to the sideline, yelling at his, what, third-year coach, Zach Taylor, like, hey, we need someone in the backfield. We can't have everybody out running routes. We need someone in here to help block. To me, you look at this offensive line, there are a couple new pieces, but I cannot state this enough that Mike McDaniel, we're not seeing any sort of rookie head coach hiccups so far. We're seeing very clean execution of plays. And, and to me, that's just mind boggling. When you think Zach Taylor was, you know, coaching for a Super Bowl last year and he's having his quarterback, you know, just beat into the turf. I think I think Burrow's on pace for 110 sacks. I think I saw something bananas like that. Well, I'll tell you what, coming from a coach, uh, of which I am, I coach professional wrestling. Uh, maybe this is a little biased, but I will tell you that coaching matters. Now you did get additions at left tackle in Teron Armstead and center in Connor Williams. And through two games, those are fantastic additions, but coaching matters. You also brought over Frank Smith, who has a history with offensive line coaching. You got Matt Applebaum, who uh, by all accounts is a very relatable offensive line coach. And he had great success at Boston college. Um, and now he brings that that scheme along with Mike McDaniel to the Miami Dolphins. And surprise, surprise, they're better. They're better. They're a better unit, a better unit. And when they're better, two is better. And when they can block for longer, Tyreek Hill can get open deep. Jalen Waddle can get open in the intermediate area. And then, oh, the most accurate quarterback in the NFL can find him. Wow. I, I, we should have seen this coming. Jo Josh, I want to ask you. Um... Billy Turner, Dallas Thomas. I'm, I'm probably missing about three other. Do we owe them any apologies? Or I mean, there's some here? of them are still in the league, right? So maybe yep. Adam Gase's googly eyes owe him a little bit of apology, but I, I don't know that we do. I, I know we're talking about the offensive line. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the running back unit real quick because um, I know Jake on our preview podcast. I sat there and said Chase Edmonds was going to have over a hundred total yards. Wow. Uh, clown, yeah. So um, it was the Rahim Mo Most Mostert show. Mostert. Uh, did I do it? Did I do it? It was the you Rahim. Did. Okay, yeah, it literally has the word most in it. I, only now that I realize that, someone tweeted it. Okay, so Raheem Mostert put up, what, 50? I think it was 51 yards on 11 carries, had three catches for 28 yards. He seemed to be um, 
the de facto, I guess, RB1 in this game. So give me your thoughts on how this thing's going to unfold, guys, moving forward. Because week one, it seemed like it was a Chase Edmonds show. Week two, Raheem Mostert. Um, I guess it just is a testament to how many different weapons Mike McDaniel has as exposure. Well, I saw on Twitter, Jake, that you own both Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds in fantasy. And unfortunately, for your sake, I think every week you are going to be forced to pick between the two the and decide one. who's got the hot hand. Who is... Who is Mike McDaniel going to ride this week? Uh, and I I don't think you're going to have a clear indication because I think that's exactly it. He wants to keep both running backs fresh. He wants to use both, both running backs in specific situations. Um, and while Raheem Mostert had a fantastic day and he looked healthy and he looked like he was moving at a normal pace and then he was just outrunning everyone. Just mm -hmm. he was getting around to the edge and then cutting it up field. And and you'd look and you'd be like, oh, he's going to get stopped at the line of scrimmage here. And then all of a sudden it was a six yard gain. And you were like, where did that come from? Well, he's healthy now. And it was it was his time to shine. But while saying that Chase Edmond was was the one who took the inside handoff on the final game winning drive and ran for 28 yards to get a first and goal with less than 30 seconds left in the game. So they're both deadly. But if you own them in fantasy like you do, Jake, I think it's going to be a frustrating season because oh, yeah. there is no true RB1. And I'm just waiting for when Savon Ahmed gets an opportunity or Miles Gaskin uh, is active for a game. And then he's the one that's out here toting the rock 15 times. Don't forget Saquon Jerry White. We can't forget him. <laughs> of course. Of course. He'll have his he'll have his Jonas Gray game soon enough. Four touchdowns, 300 yards, all that fun stuff. I wish I had a little more time to dive on, dive into this, because I'd be curious to look at um all of Raheem Mostert's smart uh snaps and all of Chase Edmonds snaps and see what the defense is doing against them. I know uh, a guy that I know a guy that has a video coming out at four uh in one <laughs> minute in one minute, actually, with all of Mostert's uh carries, and then I did uh Chase Edmonds last week. So if, if you want to compare the two. Wow, look at that plug. And you can find them all, I'm sure, if you go to YouTube and you type in house, you will find all the gold. But I, I'm just curious. I, I don't think it'd be too crazy to think Mike McDaniel is pointing out maybe one guy on the Patriots, like, hey, Chase Edmonds would be better in 1v1 matches versus this guy. And then you look at Baltimore, you could point out a guy, hey, 1v1, you know, Raheem Mostert could look better against this team. And that's how you win a million dollars. If you can find that type of... Uh, hint from Mike McDaniel's offense and you can predict which guy it is you can go go to Vegas and you'll you'll lock it in because to me man the running game has struggled at times took a minute to get going against the Patriots uh but to me it looks so fluid it looks like you can see that they're working towards something uh, that can be successful not just running into you know your lineman's butt or whatever it may be <laughs> and as we know the running game is the play action passing game's best friend and what does Tua do really, really well? He does the play action passing game really well. So yeah, they're um, actually first in play action rate at 40.9% and first in shift motion rate with 78.9% after two weeks. I'm sorry look, to cut you off, but I had those numbers written down. Stats. I also have a baby no, in my arm. So if you hear any cooing or anything, that's, that's a problem here. That's Dude, you multitasker. That's why you're a superstar. Speaking of superstars, I think we have one more guy on this offense to get some flowers to who's gotten a lot of, I wouldn't say hate as much as disrespect, but um, I don't know if you guys checked it out. The Adam Schefter podcast, Mike Kosicki was on it. Uh, they spent way too long talking about his touchdown celebration. <laughs> uh, I guess these are two guys who have both uh, produced shameful gritties. They were calling it the speedy gritty. Uh, Gasicki came out and said, you know, it was hilarious. It was a fun interview. I, I think you guys should check it out. Uh, but 
you know, he had some things to say about McDaniel, and it, it's nothing too, too crazy, but something I do want to bring up. He says, um, at halftime, McDaniel was saying, let's go out there and enjoy ourselves. Uh, he kept it real, but he didn't make things stressful or yell at us. And, man, just kind of hearing that, I think about what that Titan room, that locker room at halftime against the Titans last year would have looked like with Flores in there. Um, I think back to just a really intense, intense coach. And I'm not trying to say that one way is better than the other. I think you can win with both. But it's just so interesting where I I go back to this. I feel like last year the Dolphins had that hard-nosed college coach who teaches you the game. But then they got to the NFL and they got their Steve Kerr, someone who's going to make them re- let them relax a little bit and be themselves and understand that they can be professionals. And, and to me, that, that similarity just keeps coming up. And it, it's really enjoyable to listen to Mike McDaniel talk and, and hear these type of stories. Yeah. And I think with today's generation of, um, gosh, I'm going to sound like the, the old dad in the room here, but the youth today, I think they respond better to somebody who's willing to have a conversation with you instead of yelling at you. And, uh, he's coaching men. He's not coaching children. He's not coaching Mm -hmm. even, even college athletes who are still referred to as kids, even though they're adults, but he's coaching a group of adults. You know, he's not that old himself. He's only a couple years older than I am. And he's got guys on the team that are also in their, in their thirties. So to come out here and especially kind of like with his stature and the way that he looks, he's not going to stand there and puff his chest and, and, and tell you his old war stories from his time at, uh, checks notes, Yale. Um, <laughs> so instead he makes it fun. He, he lets the players know, and he said it multiple times in multiple interviews that he is there to serve them. His job is to make sure that they play as well as possible so that they can maximize their careers, earn the most amount of money and take care of their families. And I think that's what adults respond to. They don't want to be yelled at and, and told that they're horrible and terrible and they'll never amount to nothing. And unfortunately, I think our our previous coach was really good at that and not so good at the, uh, you know, being relatable to his players. And we've seen through two games so far, it still is early. We've seen uh, that approach bear fruit so far. And I think at it two- will continue to do that as the season progresses. To uh, I think he... Off the top of my head, I think he's, what, 15-8 and as a starter. That means he's played 23 games. I think he has three fourth-quarter comebacks. And you you kind of wonder, I'm not trying to play any any type of repainting history, but I I kind of wish we could have seen what would have happened against uh, the Raiders in that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick crazy game. That was awesome, and I don't want to take that away. And even that Denver game, I I think that Fitzpatrick came in and and played well, got them down the field. It was a very – Justin Simmons had an outstanding interception to beat a ball in the end zone. But I'm just curious if Tua got those shots, if it looks anywhere similar to, to those. Well, we, we mentioned him earlier, but CK Parrott on Twitter, fantastic follow, uh, incredibly knowledgeable about the Dolphins. And he puts a lot of time and effort into compiling these stats. Um, but he has basically a running tally of Tua Tungabailoa's fourth quarter performance in a bunch of different metrics and he is far and away the essentially the best fourth quarter passer limited sample size but in nfl history he has the highest completion percentage he has one of the higher touchdown rates one of the higher avoidance of negative plays turnover plays and sacks like Tua tungavaloa in the fourth quarter is a baller he's a gamer and 
you know, we've seen that in, like I said, limited sample size, but he's been able to put his team in a position to win. He has three comeback victories, and that doesn't even take into account the times where he put the team ahead late in the game, and then the defense let him down. The Falcons last year, the Jaguars last year. He could have even more fourth-quarter comebacks than he already does, but the one that's most fresh in our memories is this past Sunday against the Ravens, and I mean, coming back from three touchdowns to win that game, scoring 28 points in the fourth quarter, hitting Tyreek Hill on multiple deep bomb touchdowns. Oh, by the way, yeah, Twitter, he can do that. Uh, Like, that's incredible, and if that's the kind of Tua that we're going to get moving forward, if we're going to get confident Tua, swaggy Tua, Tua who's ready to 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 drop back and unleash those deep bombs to Tyreek and just say, F it, Tyreek's down there somewhere. Uh, not like the first half where he threw the interception, but uh, the second half. The where he hit, yeah, 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 the other ones, the ones that worked in our favor. Uh, if, if that's the Tua we're going to get in combination with the coaching staff that we have, in combination with the new weapons that have been added to this team, in combination with the defense who, despite their poor performance on Sunday, uh, is a historically uh, solid unit. My God, this is going to be a special season, and we're just starting on that path. And that's what's to see. that's what's so frustrating though about all the hate that Tua's gotten. I mean, we don't we know he doesn't have a Josh Allen type arm, a Justin Herbert type arm, but what he does, I mean, he has pinpoint accuracy, his pocket presence, and like you said, he just seems to win games. He's been doing it since college. He's doing it in the pros. I mean, I don't know what more you could ask for. We saw it all come together on Sunday, and I just hope that this is, you know, him, his statement game, and he just builds upon this. I mean, I don't think he's going to go out there and throw for 469 yards and six touchdowns, you know, anytime soon. Maybe I'm wrong, but you just want to see him go out there and continue to be confident, continue to fit the ball into some of those windows. We talked about in the last pod. I mean, he he was throwing the ball with anticipation so well, you know, perfectly and i just um i can't stop gushing over one interesting thing before we head into a break and i guess jump into some of the things that we learned about the buffalo bills game um two tongue of a low went four four for 181 yards and two touchdowns when targeting go routes on sunday he only had 410 yards all of 2021 on those go routes and he averaged 7.1 yards per completion and um we can talk about air yards till we're blue in the face but um i mean it's just so awesome to see what two has done Given these first two games, you can say whatever you want about the opponents, but he's gone out there and got the job done. But he Speaking underthrew him, Josh. He underthrew him. He didn't hit he, him. He can't stride. throw it 70 <laughs> yards. He could only throw it, what, 60, 61, <laughs> whatever that was. I mean, that was a bomb, and it's Tyree Kill. I mean, you're going to expect him to outrun <laughs> coverage, right? And and by the way, uh, it counts as six points, whether it's underthrown for a touchdown or it's in stride for a touchdown. So sit down. Did you did you see the the guy that said Marcus Peters, if he would have turned around, would have had interception? Oh like so, he wasn't five yards uh, trailing Tyree Kill five yards? That, I, 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 I'm not going to name by name so you can look this up on twitter if you want that fella he's out of his mind he has hated Tua. he is a troll yeah he joined the nfl and like just just go through his media on twitter and see the selfies he posts and you'll find out what kind of individual he is breaking news fedex air nfl player of the week as well to a tongue of aloha breaking news that's just the first of many trophies that are going to be in miami at season's end you'll have to buy a pro bowl jersey at the end of the year probably oh i'll I'll do it well he'll be sitting out the pro bowl right jake because the dolphins will be in the super bowl you're 100 percent right and i'm like 45 (laughs) seconds past this but i'm gonna say it anyway speaking of go routes let's take a break this is advertiser content brought to you by frito-lay hello i'm chip murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament Tonight, we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting. Cut! 
What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. So the Dolphins just played the, the Baltimore Ravens, maybe the Baltimore Raisins, depending on who you ask. Uh, but before the season, Baltimore's running back J.K. Dobbins, he had an interesting quote. Um, I think it was Ian Rappaport was out there saying, you know, he doesn't expect him to be ready for week one. And, uh, I think the kids say he J.K. Dobbins clapped back. I, I think that's what they say. And saying, uh, said something along those lines of, I'll be ready. You fake-ass doctors don't know anything along those lines. But the reason I bring that up is because we have our fake-ass doctor here. Merrick's been keeping us updated on all these injuries that are happening <laughs> with the, the the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins. So, so Merrick, give me the first name you see on either of these teams that stands out and you either get a little uh, eyebrow raise or a little queasy. So let's start with the good news. Uh, and I don't want to say it like that. Hopefully, you know, Buffalo Bills fans aren't listening and, and thinking that I'm rooting for injuries. But one injury uh, on the Bills right now that is actually good news for the Miami Dolphins uh, is that of Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde has a neck injury, um, left uh, their game against the Titans. Now it was a blowout. So who knows if he would have been able to return if the game was closer. Mm-hmm. However... He did not practice today, Wednesday, for the Buffalo Bills. And Micah Hyde, one of the best safeties uh, and helps to form one of the best safety tandems in the league, along with Jordan Poyer, uh, for the Buffalo Bills. So if he can't go, and again, you're trotting out Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, and you're running Hill deep, that's a problem for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Dane Jackson had a, a more serious neck injury. He was carted off the field, uh, went to the hospital. Thankfully, everything checked out well with him, but he won't be playing uh, this Sunday. Tight end Dawson Knox for the Buffalo Bills also did not practice. He left Monday night's game against the Titans with an ankle injury or a foot injury, excuse me. And then our old friend Jordan Phillips left that game with a hamstring injury and also did not practice today for the Bills. So those are four big names for the Bills who could possibly sit out this game, which would help Miami tremendously. Um, wide receiver Gabe Davis has an ankle injury, did not play Monday, but did get in a limited practice today, as did uh, Ed Oliver, and Matt Milano got a, a full practice. So some good news on their front, some bad news, uh, which ends up being good news for us. But as far as Miami goes, the one name that I got to bring up that everybody's probably, uh, to borrow Josh's favorite word, feeling a bit queasy about, would be that of Xavier Howard, who's dealing with a groin injury. So uh, against the Buffalo Bills, against Josh Allen, and with that particular type of injury as a defensive back, that is worrisome, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, we like what we see out of Darth Cater. Nick Needham played well, I guess, except for on Sunday. I think he ended up getting benched. But if you go into this game without Xavier Howard, I mean, I'm... Uh... 
I, I only like to say Joe Philbin queasy. I don't, I don't really say queasy other than that, but I would feel sick to my stomach. We also got to mention Bill's offensive tackle, Bobby Hart. I believe he was suspended for one game. Uh, I think he might have punched a coach, um, and that could help Miami's defensive line, who right now, that defense is only is 31st in the NFL in quarterback pressure. So um, we need to get after Josh Allen if we want to you know, make this a game. But we absolutely need Xavier Howard in that secondary because without him, you know, without Byron Jones, he can't come back this week. That secondary, you know, Josh Allen will be licking his chops, you know, if he has a healthy Gabe Davis out there, Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, et cetera. Mike McDaniel had this to say about Josh Allen on uh, Wednesday. He's steadily becoming one of the best players in the National Football League. Easily can argue he's one of the best. So, I mean, you're there's a freight train coming to Miami and, you know, this is a team that's coming off a short, short week. They had a big time home opener on Monday night. You wonder where that energy is. You wonder how healthy these guys can get. And to wrap things up here, guys, I know you, you watch more football than the dolphins. My God, Jordan Phillips, what, what on earth is happening? I think he was <laughs> someone that I think Flores might've got rid of in a, uh, statement type move maybe it wasn't the most like all right like it's time to move on from him the talents already been always been there but man he's horrifying when he's uh i think he had four pressures in week one something crazy crazy along those lines yeah uh that's a tough that's a tough dude and where the dolphins have given up their pressures this season is the interior of that line you got liam eikenberg at left guard who who has struggled at times. And even Connor Williams has given up a few pressures up the middle. And I think that's more due to his communication as far as getting the line set and getting the protection set, which is understandable. He's only played two games in center uh, or at center in the NFL. So uh, that, that does give you some pause. Um, but we have some familiarity with Jordan Phillips. He started his career in Miami. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we can, we can exploit some of his weaknesses, uh, and use that to our advantage. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be a tough game. Nobody thinks the dolphins are going to go out here and just dominate the Buffalo bills. And I think if you asked enough people, you would get a, a large percentage of, of the, the polling public to, to vote in the opposite direction. And it'll be the bills who are, are blowing out the dolphins. We hope that's not the case, but this is an opportunity for Miami to prove that they belong in the upper echelon. They're not fool's gold. They are here and they're here to stay there for real. So do I expect to win? I can't sit here and say, that. uh, they have to prove it first. They've been getting boat raced by Buffalo for a number of seasons now. And Josh Allen is that dude. He is phenomenal. He's a great NFL quarterback. Um, that's a tough team. It's going to be a tough test. I'm happy it's in Miami early in the season. Temperatures are going to be high. Obviously the dolphins are going to be wearing all white, forcing the bills to wear all blue, soaking up that, that sun sitting in the unshaded side of the stadium so we have some things to our advantage. Let's hope our guys can get healthy and maybe their guys need another week to rest up. Um, we'll see how it goes. I you hope know, Josh Boyer's uh, ready, right? I hope Josh Boyer's ready to come out there and with a game plan and this offense. Do you guys think it's going to have to put up, you know, near numbers against Baltimore, you know, because you're going to have to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Josh Allen and the Bills' yeah. offense. I mean, we yeah. might have to see an encore performance from Tua Tungvaluwa. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you're going to beat the Bills, I think you need to score at least 35 points. Uh, and even then that might not be enough.
it was weird that Titans game. It seemed like there were a couple like pivotal moments where I th- the Titans were trailing seven to nothing for a while, and I think it was actually still relatively close near halftime. Uh, but that that's kind of my biggest key to the game. You know, we like to do our predictions, and we got to stop doing those because as I see all the Dolphin merch in your room, you know that you're wearing your Dolphin hat. Nobody. Nobody in their right mind who spends that much money on the Dolphins, nobody in our right mind who talks as much about the Dolphins are going to say they're going to lose. Uh, but to me, there are going to be two, three points in this game where all the dominoes can fall over. And it's going to be up to Mike McDaniel, up to Tua, up to this offense to maintain that composure, right? They did it against Baltimore, even being down 21. I don't think you can do that against Buffalo. I think there's going to be, maybe you don't, fall on a fumble maybe there's one flag that takes a third and seven to a third and 17 and you can't get it anymore I think that is going to be so so important and above that I think they're going to be obvious moments I think we're going to tell right away when the game is starting to swerve in in either team's direction to be honest I think uh one thing that the Titans did that the Dolphins won't do and that's because they have Derrick Henry is the Titans like to play power football they like to run it up the middle with the bully Derrick Henry. But unfortunately for them, that's how Buffalo wins. That's the Mm -hmm. strength of their defense is that interior defensive line and those linebackers who can get downhill in a, in, in, in a flash. What they're not great at is covering sideline to sideline. What Miami does well is that outside zone. So if we can clean some things up, if we can really attack um, the outside zone, as far as running plays go, That'll give us a, a fighting chance. And if we can get Tyreek Hill in motion and Jalen Waddle in motion and hit them open and, and let them create yards after catch, get drunk off the yak, like Tyreek likes to say, I think we have a puncher's chance. I can't, like I said, can't sit here and predict a victory. I would love to, but until I see it happen, those are the goddamn hills, man. You might have to bleep that out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll but bleep it out. <laughs> those, those are the bills. They're the best team in the NFL. They're the Super Bowl favorites right now. But, but, Prover. but, but if we win, if we beat them, we're the best team in the NFL. We're the Super Wild. Bowl favorites. And if that can happen, man, I'm going to be on cloud nine and you're not going to be able to knock me off. I'm just sad we got to wait this long, right? It's Wednesday we're recording this and we got to wait till Sunday for this game. I mean, again, excitement's at an all time high. And you're right. I think the Dolphins have a, a snowball's chance in hell, I guess is what you would say. But, um, I just want to see him go out there and not get dismantled like we've seen in years past. I want to see the way um, Mike McDaniel can game plan this offensive system against Sean McDermott, one of the best defensive coaches in all of football. See this chess match go, you know, toe to toe. This is a kind of a peek at what's to come in the AFC East, right? I mean, we the Bills are now the juggernaut that we have to worry about. Josh Allen's now that Tom Brady, you know, type role. The Jets, I don't think we're Joe Flacco. I mean, he's what third in the NFL in yards passing. I, I don't Crazy. think we have to worry too much about the Jets and the Patriots. I mean, I think Tua can handle them, but this is the heavyweight matchup, WrestleMania right here. And I just hope that we're not, you know, four thirty. Sunday, we're not just sitting here with our heads down thinking that's so Dolphins. And they they prove us wrong and they go out there and take care of business. Yeah, the goal, don't make it look like it's Sid playing in the backyard with his toys. That's all we want. We don't want it to look like Toy Story, but that is it. That is all the time we have. Man, these podcasts go by so much faster when we have a a very fun football team to talk about. Merrick and Brave13, it's always a pleasure to have you on. I might have to give you the title of being our fake-ass doctor. It's great to have you with us on Wednesdays. <laughs> for Finsider Radio, for the Jake and Josh Show, we hope you guys enjoy this victory week. We will be back Friday with our preview show, but until then, fins up. Fins up. Fins up. Fins up.
That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami 